Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. For everybody who's just checking into us for the first time or even for the 101st time, I think actually we might have about 161 episodes up at this stage. And if it is the 161st time, you're more than welcome. Please give us a like. Uh, please subscribe to us on all our platforms, whether it be on podcast platforms or also if you're catching us here on YouTube as well. We'd absolutely be honored if you could subscribe to our channel. Click the little bell as well so you'll be notified of any upcoming live shows that we have we usually go live before games and we'll be doing a lot of live stuff over the course of the summer in the off season but that's not what we're here to talk about today we're here to talk about and to do a review of aston villa versus west bromwich albion uh, in villa park today sunday the 25th of april where both midlands teams played out a 2-2 draw i must say it was an entertaining game for the neutral and i think this uh I think BT got their money's worth as well for it because it was, um, you know, it was one of those games that, uh, that, that I think when you when when you looked at it from the outset, there was a lot of drama and there was a lot of um, there was a lot of everything really in it, Paddy. What do you think? Yeah, a lot went on, a lot went on tonight. In fairness, um, I know we did comment earlier. I think to Mister Keenan Davis, fair play, Keenan Davis. Keenan Davis. I'm, we're absolutely thrilled to be for you here on For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. Yep. Sang your praises for a lot of the time. Yes, you know, we did question when it was going to come, but, you know, absolutely made up for the young man today. Mm. Um, just fantastic. Changed the game. Changed the game he did when he came on. Love to see it. And pl- plus the fact that that goal probably relegates West Brom. <laughs> yeah. Well, cheers, Keenan Davis. That goal will be remembered. I didn't celebrate it at the time, but we'll get to that later. Just a bit worried about the high foot, but who cares? 2-2. Well done, Keenan Davis. Probably stole a point tonight, but we'll we'll get into it now. Cheers. We'll get into it now is right. But first of all, what we'll do is, as you know, we like to try and at least start off and go chronologically, and then usually after the first incident (laughs) that happens, we usually go We usually go notes and start giving out about refs, but... uh, that's probably going to happen as well tonight. So, team sheet for any of you guys who didn't, uh, who weren't able to, sh- sorry, should I say, instead of didn't tune in uh, to our team sheet tantrum earlier on. Thank you very much. I think we had about sixty or seventy people at one stage blown away by that. That's that's fantastic. Let's see if we can get that up to a hundred, a hundred people watching. The next time would be absolutely brilliant. Um, but we had uh, we had our team sheet tantrum. It's fantastic on YouTube. 
click the button, click the bell if you haven't done so already to be notified of it. And we had um, some different names that we actually probably thought that we would see on the team sheet, and also different names that we would see on the bench as well. Paddy, talk us through those. Yeah, well, I suppose on the pitch, the biggest surprise, shock, whatever it was to you, uh, infuriated a few people was the fact that Ross Barkley played. We'll get to that in a bit. And then on the bench, we saw Wesley, who we did actually see for mm. four minutes, I think, of injury time. We also saw Jaden Philadine Bedes. Um, and there was one other surprise, is there? No. No, there wasn't. I think it was Elmo, Elmo being yeah. yeah, and having a split yeah. on the bench 4-4, four, four, you know, four defensive players, four attacking players. One of the first times yeah. that Dean Smith's been able to do that properly, I suppose, really, for since the turn of the year. Yeah. I suppose the surprise was we didn't see Kane Hayden Kessler in the squad because that's what we anticipated mm. would happen. And as it turned out, uh, as, the, as it went on, it probably wasn't the game for him because... We spent a long period chasing the game, but look, it is what it is. Um, let's let's get on to, I suppose, Barkley was the yeah. main talking point. Um, I thought he did okay. I don't have too much to say about it. I, I thought he was much better than he has been in previous games. Um, we spoke about it in uh, our team... Tantrum, tantrum, yeah. tantrum um, about the fact that somebody told me this morning that he had long COVID. Three people messaged me since to say, yes, he did. He had long COVID. So um, that is obviously the case. We've got to be a little bit wary of that when we talk to people and, and talk about people because we just don't know what their circumstances are. I thought he'd look like, for certain for long periods of the game, I thought he looked like, the, especially in the first 20, 25 minutes, I thought he looked very effective, playing very high up the pitch. Um, gave one straight pass away, but a number of really good touches. Um, all positive, got a, a fantastic shot and target. Um, you know, w- when he does that, I don't think he can argue too much. Um, I, th- I, I personally think, from what I've said earlier, it will come out that he has long COVID. You know, we're waiting on official word on it, but the, the, the people that told me this evening that he had long COVID, I would trust wholeheartedly with those uh, facts. So, you know, I I I I don't I don't take back everything I said because if he was struggling from long COVID, my opinion was he shouldn't have played. But he he gave flashes tonight of his former self, and uh, you know I'm I'm not going to argue again if he gets picked again because it looked like. He was on his way back, or he looked he looked similar to the Ross Barkley we had pre our COVID outbreak. His positioning for me today was um, was probably the most striking piece of uh, uh, of, of his performance. Really, we almost played a, played with uh, two strikers. He was right up there alongside Watkins at nearly every opportunity, and um, we're a lot more dangerous article when we have that situation going on. Um, we played unbelievably high. We played an unbelievably high line. And uh, you might people might say that, yes, that's what that's why we got caught for the second goal. We didn't. We got caught for the second goal because of a miscontrol, but we'll get on to that in a moment. Um, like, we were playing with probably, we were playing with eight people in their penalty area majority of the game. We bossed them. We really did. Bar, uh, you know, they had they had a couple of purple patches where they got uh, they had a lot of decent chances, very good chances. Nemi Martinez made a lot of good saves, um, but Aston Villa were by far the better team in this game. By far, by far, by far. Statistically, looking at it and everything, you take all the the everything out of it, all the emotion out of it mm. by any, by any metric. Uh, Aston Villa were the better team in this game, and that's what I want. I wanted to see a good a good performance. I'm so disappointed we didn't get a win. So disappointed we didn't get a win. That's okay. I can be pissed off we didn't get a win. But at the end of the day, I can't sit here and throw my hands up in the air and flap about and say, Jesus Christ, we were shit. Yeah, we passed one or two or three balls out over the line. It shouldn't happen in professional football. Mm. But we played some really good flowing football. 
really good passing movements in the first half. In the second half, we were dogged. Things didn't go our way. Uh, we still got the draw at the end of it. As we said, Keenan Davis scored that goal. But for me, there's a lot of positives to take out of this game. And and, and the Smith out brigade, realistically, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, fuck it. I just don't know what to tell you guys. I don't know what to tell you. And to be honest with you, I'm just going to ignore you at this stage. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, looking at our first goal. So first goal obviously came from penalty, Paddy. Um, we were by far the better team at that stage. Played yeah. some good some good moves. Ball came to Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley yeah. does the Fibsbury flop. Um, but there was the tiniest bit of contact in this in t- 2021 is, is a penalty. And uh, it was duly right. dispatched by Anwar Al Ghazi. I, I think you're doing a bit of an, an injustice there. I think in 2016 or 1966, this is a penalty. There was enough contact there for him to go down. Um, but I'd, I'd invite people because it's it's gone a bit overlooked. Have a look at the passage of play that led to this goal because mm. there's some incredible touches and incredible passes in that move. Um, ironically, the worst touch of it was <laughs> Barkley's probably first one, which led him to go away from goal and, and invited the challenge in. Um, for me, it was a penalty. I don't think there's any argument. I, I don't think there was too much of an argument. No. Um, I think the biggest argument from West Brom was the, the guy who said the ball wasn't on the spot trying to put off uh, Anwar Al-Ghazi, you know. And yeah. uh, hat tip to Anwar Al-Ghazi. That, that was one of the best penalties we've had this season anyway and uh, absolutely buried it. Um, but for me, penalty, Ross Barkley doing what he does best, burst, burst into the box, probably for poor, poorish first touch. Second touch took the ball away, tangle of legs, penalty. Yeah. And that's when he was good. Like he, I thought he had a very good first half, definitely very good. I, I thought first 30, 35 minutes, he was really good, back to his old self. Mm. Um, in the second half, he got huffy puffy. You know, I expected that. You expect that from him, as you say, from if, if he had long COVID. But like the first 30, 35 minutes were very good. He was substituted, maybe, maybe a small bit too late. And if I'm even admitting that, possibly, you yeah. know, if, I, if I'm admitting that Smith didn't get his subs in quick enough, then you know that maybe he should have got, got, got people on. But I, I, I'm not fully on that bandwagon yet either. But so that was our first goal. I think we continued to still play some really good football um, for the next, uh, what was it, maybe 10, 15 minutes. But we got undone by allowing them into our penalty area. And it was it was a really strange, really strange build-up even to the, how they got the penalty because the ball just kind of seemed to bypass loads of people at loads of different times and just kind of fell then to, to um, Maitland-Niles. Maitland-Niles, yeah. And... I don't even know. I like, I, I, I probably would, the, the form Emmy Martinez was in, he would have stopped it. If Emmy Martinez got turned and took a shot, Martinez would have stopped the stopped it. But Kanza has to go and try and make an effort to get the ball there, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, Maitland Niles kind of he struggled a little bit with the control. He was passionate between his two feet. It was like something I do in the garden with the kids when they were small to try and keep the ball away from them. But <laughs> in in the end, it invited a, a tackle which stood on his toe. In as you said, the first one in in twenty twenty one. That's a penalty in my view. Very harsh. Yeah. Very harsh penalty. You're you're going to quote Peter Walton now. I'm sure I am going to quote Peter Walton. He <laughs> said, "In the context of this game, that was a penalty." Peter Walton, with the greatest amount of respect. What in the fuck is that supposed to mean? With the greatest will in the world. Like, that is that is an unbelievably stupid statement. I know what he, what he meant by it, but you're an ex-professional referee giving an opinion as if you were a referee. And you start talking about in the context of this game. You might as well have said, he fucking evened it up, lads, didn't he? You know, yeah. that's what he might as well have said. Like, yeah. it makes it so like that. Basically, he said the fourth one was questionable. So the fact that they had an opportunity to even it up, they fucking evened it up. And we'll talk about that in a moment, that later on as well, because uh, they had an opportunity in the context of the game. They had an opportunity to give another penalty as well later on in the day. But that penalty was actually a really good penalty. I think it was two very good penalties because uh, Pereira 
that was a good penalty. Yeah. It was just well, high enough. I thought Martinez was on the ground before he struck it. Yeah, I, I don't agree that it was a good penalty. I, I, I think he shit himself there when Martinez nearly fucking got to it. Like a stronger, a stronger uh, hand and split second earlier, and that's saved. You know, mm. that's I, I didn't think it was a particularly good penalty. It was at the right height. Martinez went the right, right way, just went a fraction of a second too early, and balls in the back of the net. No, no blame game there. That's just the way it is. Mm. But for me, for me, if if that was uh, if that was El Ghazi taking that penalty, I'd be gone. Jesus, that was <laughs> that was the right height for a goalkeeper, as they say. You you know? Yeah, and I yeah, look, I, I suppose my kind of memory of it was that Martinez was nearly on the ground at that stage, and he kind of just went a small bit higher. Um, mm. but uh, I as I say, penalties happen in the blink of an eye, you know, there's no real build up to them for, during the shot or anything like that. So, unless it's absolutely egregious, um, I tend not to really remember them, uh, that mm. well. So, I'll, I'll bow to your, to your better judgment than that one for sure. For sure, yeah. But as, um, as, somebody, as somebody who would have taken penalties everywhere, um, I played so even in Gaelic football, I took penalties. I thought that was a particularly poor angle penalty. and just just a little bit unlucky from uh from Emmy Martinez. I went I went to goals for a penalty shootout once and I guessed right for for all all the penalties, but it was absolutely hilarious situation. I'm both five foot nine. I'm five foot nine standing on a couple of on a uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. I'm about five foot nine. And the other goalkeeper genuinely was about six eight or six six seven or six eight. And it was the most hilarious thing when the ref was giving us a talking to. There's a photo of it somewhere, and the ref was talking to the two of us. It was like an it was like a father and his three year old child were playing a game of football. But that's God's honest truth. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, he still didn't save any penalties either. I think we hit the post and we lost. But uh, I guessed right every time. I just wasn't yeah. long enough to get there. Um, anyway, funny, funny you should mention that Del Boy who who comes onto our lives all the time. Del, myself and Del Boy played left back, and we we got to a, a cup uh, a cup quarter final. I'm gonna say, and uh, the goalkeeper was sent off. Uh, we took off the striker, brought on Del Boy, and I went in goal. I saved the penalty, and we got through to the semi final. So. Uh, not not only did I score them, we saved them as well. <laughs> what a man! What a man! What a man! Um, and I, I'm about the same height as you, Neil. So I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I definitely. So if you're saving penalties, I definitely have to um, to bow down to your greater judgment than that one. <laughs> um, but I think that was. I, I think that was like they weren't really in the game that much beforehand before that, and I think that really kind of kicked off a twenty minute, twenty five minute, a uh, twenty yeah. minute kind of purple patch for them. They got their second goal directly after halftime. Um, the the old Aston Villa, I suppose, something happened there. Very uncharacteristic of Kanzet to try something. He tried to take it out of the sky like Zidane, and he slipped. And Dean Ga- D- uh, what's his name? Diagne was bearing down on goal. And he shot for all for all the world. I think he shot maybe wasn't going in. But in fairness oh, well, to me... The Premier League have already said that said it's it was yeah, oh, I know. I know it's a, yeah, yeah. yeah but, it was going wide, so it has to, it has to go down as an OG. But if it was on target, it wouldn't have gone down as an OG. Mm, but there was so, a man at the back post. There was a man at the back post, and Mings. Ha- I, I think Mings has to go for that. I don't blame everyone. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely blame my Tyrone Mings for that at all. There's no blame game there whatsoever. He had. He's damned if he did, and damned if he doesn't. Yeah. That's. You know, we've said that many times here. And he, he busts his nut to get back there. He busts his nut to get back and to get that in. And, like, he dives from a pretty decent distance out. Like, if he blocks that, it's that's mm. Richard Dunn against against uh, <laughs> Richard Russia. Dunn against Russia type <laughs> stuff. If anyone isn't there, like, we talk, we talk an awful lot about Paul McGrath against Italy. So I said I'd give Paul McGrath against Italy <laughs> analogy a bit of a break. Look up Richard Dunn versus Russia. Not only does he play a stormer, he also has to just get a white T-shirt and they had to draw the number on with a felt-tip marker because he did, they didn't have a spare shirt for him. Because and of the blood. The blood spilled all over his own shirt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely crazy performance. But um, it was all about that. He like he kept him out on his own. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, attribute, I don't attribute that to Mings at all. As I said, there was a man in the back post. Um, 
like if that ball goes across there, I still think that they they bundle it in at the back post. Um, if the, provided you know provided that uh, that your man makes a makes a goal for it because he was in a pretty decent advantageous position. But look, realistically, look that goal doesn't come if if Ezri Kanza lets that ball bounce even. You know that goal doesn't come. Yeah, and look, I'm not going to call Kanza when he knows no. he knows. And you can't legislate for the slip. Whatever, whatever about the first touch, you can't legislate for the slip. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Yeah. There's a, there's worse performances out there tonight than than that slip. And unfortunately, he's the last line of defence before the keeper. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Let's... It was an unfortunate goal to give away. As you you talked about that purple patch, I thought for that purple patch that they had between equalising and scoring the goal, they wanted it more. And for that reason, you know, I, I'm I'm on the side of the fact that we probably stole the point because we, we we kind of we looked like we weren't up for the fight and there was many players that went missing in the fight. Um that that's just my general consensus of what I saw tonight. Um but very disappointed with the likes of Bertrand Triori who struggled yeah. to get into the game, really yeah. struggled to get into the game. Now when he did when he did stuff he did it well. He, you know, he's I, just, not, he's just so it's just much amazing that you can go missing for such a, such a long period of the game. And it's, it's just, it's he's like I started off the start of this season saying we need that bit of unpredictability in the team, mm. but he's almost at the stage where he's just too damn unpredictable at the moment, and you just like literally no one knows what he's going to do. Only yeah. him, maybe, maybe only him, maybe only him. Yeah. yeah, he plays with his hair on fire, and 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 I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what we need at the moment. I think that's what you need when, like, and I've said this a million and one times, and I think I'm, I'm probably might have even said it in every single podcast. He's a fine player to bring in to change the play, change the pace of a game, but you know, for if you're if you're relying on him for a tactical setup from from minute one of a game, just like El Ghazi. I, I just don't know are they the guys to rely on from minute one. El Ghazi had a, had a, was okay tonight. Wasn't anything special. He was okay. He did yeah. his job. He did it I okay. Early, I thought early in the game he did quite well. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, too critical of him in fairness. Who you else know? would you have been critical of, Paddy? Because um, I've got somebody that I'm, I'm I'm getting more and more concerned over as the, as the weeks go on. Um, am I concerned about anybody... No, you're going to tell me now, but uh, Bertrand Traore for me, and you know, spoiler alert, when we get to our highlights at the end of the season, I'm going to talk about that goal he scored against West Brom in the first game. Yeah, that was a pretty special goal, and he's done a number of pretty special things, but he's gone missing for so long in yeah. so many games, it's just a bit, it's a bit disheartening for me. Um, I wonder you know, how many uh, like I wonder how many of the players when you talk about long COVID, I wonder will it ever come out? And I bet you it won't, because I don't think Dean Spit would like to use it as an excuse. But I wonder how many of them are suffering for long COVID. Like because it's like a switch was just turned off in some of these players. It's just literally like someone someone mm. forgot to plug some of them in, you know. And and I think the same thing here goes for me because the guy that I was a I was disappointed in tonight, and I've been disappointed with him a couple of times. And Dean Smith has too because he's benched him a couple of times since the start of the, since the turn of the year. It's Douglas Louise. I'm just not. I'm just not comfortable with with some of the stuff he's doing. Like mm. from a tactical point of view, he just he doesn't seem to have his he doesn't seem to be as tight anymore in in that position. I, I blame Nakamba the last time because Nakamba was playing in that position about not picking up that area, that that sacred area in Dean Smith's defense of five to ten yards outside the D. I'm going to keep on saying it because it's just true. Okay, yeah. our midfield is passive. We all know that our midfield isn't set up to break down teams high up the field. It's it's set to, it's set up so that teams can come onto us ten yards outside. It's it's just what happens. Okay, and, and I'm going to keep on repeating it. But we're not seeing Louise in those positions anymore. And yeah. on our team sheet tantrum at the start of the, of the day today, Darren made a great point. He said, Louise isn't offering anything up the field either. So once again, at the risk mm. of, of of kind of, you know, of, of, of maybe asking hard questions that we don't have the answer to, I just really want to see him get back to his game again. I don't want, I, I, I want to see him 
get back to that tactical position, that good position. I think we saw it from from Barkley today when when he played well. He was up beside beside Watkins. That's the yeah. way he was when things were going well for us at the start of the season. Um, it's just an interesting one. I'm just when I say concerned uh, about Douglas Louise, I'm um, I suppose I, I'm I'm just he. It's it's more so that he's not hitting the heights. He's not coming within an ass's roar of the heights that he did this time last year or uh, even at the start of the season and. I kind of want to know why because I can't put my finger on it. And and, and positionally, he's different. I don't think Smith has changed his system, uh, especially not in the four two three one, um, so, you know, style of things. Even since Jack has been out, you know, when we play four two three one, we still need that person there. Well, there there um, you go. You, you just took the words out of my mouth. I, I, I believe without Jack, everybody's game changes. Absolutely, everybody's game changes because everybody is is forced to play the ball a bit more. I, I think I everybody. I think everybody's on the ball a lot more, and because mm. Jack is not playing, you know they're, they're not uh, defensively one sided. The other team, which gives a little bit more time on the ball to yeah. the rest of our midfield and forwards. I think that's affected Bertrand Traore as well. In fairness to him, um, you know, and we spoke in in the team talk tantrum as well about bringing in the likes of Saint Maximin and 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 the yeah. like. We don't know what they're going to bring in, but the like of that kind of player who can come in or, or play alongside Jack on the opposite and, and take the pressure off the likes of Douglas Luiz. You, you just got to cast your mind back to this time last year. We were in lockdown. We were heading into, uh, what do they call it, Project Restart, was it? Uh, Douglas Luiz was like a new signing. He was absolutely yeah. incredible. But I am in total belief that you know, 90% of that was down to Jack Grealish. And Jack Grealish just taking the pressure off everyone around him. He was he was absolutely incredible. He was absolutely incredible in the first half of the season. Barkley was incredible. They held on to the ball so long that when these guys eventually had to come into the play, there was so much space. There was so much space and so much time to to get on the ball, to to make the pass. Now now we're we're forcing it, we're giving the ball away. McGinn does it, Louise does it. Uh, Bertrand Traore does it, you know. There's there's nobody exempt from it really. Even Ollie Watkins, he would have more time on the ball with Jack Grealish. So from my point of view, when when we look at this, probably in October, November, and compare who who we've signed to complement Jack, I think that's when we mm. we can really either put the boot in on these guys or say it like it is or whatever way you want to put it. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge Douglas Louise because I think he has enough in the bank at this yeah, stage to I say know. you know what you're you're entitled to this now at this stage. There's you're playing in a team and you know I said it in the preview. I think this game is gonna define where we are without Jack. And let's be honest, we, we bossed the game percentage wise, but for that for that period, as I said earlier. For that period between their first goal and their second goal, I thought they wanted it more, but then they didn't know how to react when they went ahead. They kind of shit themselves. That that That's was just right. my opinion on it. I think anything could have happened after that. I think we could have went on and scored two or three more if, we, if we'd have had maybe 10 or 15 minutes after Keenan's goal. Maybe the substitutions were made a bit late, but I, I find it a, a little bit unfair to go in on guys. Bear in mind that we're, we're a few players short, we are, but the, yeah. mo- the most important one we're short is Jack because he just takes the heat off everything. Not even that he takes the heat off everything. You see it with, uh, you saw it with West Brom today. West Brom, there was 14 folds against Aston Villa on West Brom players. Mm. But a lot of the times they got out of jail. They got, they were, it was easy. Um, it was easy for them to clear their lines from those free kicks. A lot of those free kicks were in around their own box. They were in their mm. half. and you know, It was easy for them to clear their lines. We just didn't get those frees. You know? So you give the ball to Jack. Jack goes off an amazing run. He gets kicked. He gets fouled free. Takes the sting out of the game. Allows us to re- yeah. regroup. Yes, we mightn't put the ball into the box or anything, but allows us to regroup defensively. We just haven't been... like We very rarely get properly fouled. You know, or fouled in... in you know, we had only one, two, three, four. We'd only five folds in their their uh in their in their half. And of mm. those, only one of them was in the attacking third. Yeah. You know, so we're can I, ask you, can I ask you a question about those fouls, right? 
Yes. I think, I think it was Gallagher went in at one stage. Whatever happened to going off your feet and being out of control? Do you remember, do you remember that a, a few years back? Where yeah. It was like he's off his feet and he's out of control. And you're just going, they're doing it all the time now. But because they don't make proper contact, it's not it's not a red card. I don't get sure. it. I don't get why they change it year on year. They have all these phrases that they're hiding behind. Obviously, this clear and obvious error is the, is the latest. But there's, there's guys going off their feet. They don't need to go off their feet. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's risk of serious injury. You know, we only have to go back. And, you know, we, have, we haven't said it yet, but, you know, Wesley got on for four minutes. Absolutely delighted to see him back. He came back when we when it was uh, we were two one down and mm. we got the goal in the end. But her, her, just hark back to what happened to Wesley. VAR didn't even bat an eyelid at Despicable Me's uh, tackle that day. That's that's the most shocking one at all. He was off his feet, out of control, and and burst his cruciate ligament, and nothing was said. Very little was said from the hierarchy or or the so-called experts that, that comment on these games. It's absolutely incredible. This young lad has been out for, what did Philip say earlier, 480, 480 days. 480 days. That's incredible. And Ben Mee, you know, he's an okay player. But you need to call these guys out when they make t- challenges like that. Regardless of whether they make contact, the, the intent is there. We went through a period of intent. Intent was a yellow card. Or remember, a card. Do you remember Lee Hendry got sent off for intent to headbutt somebody before? <laughs> Look it up. It happened. I think it was against Everton. Yeah. Yeah. He simulated his head forward towards somebody no. and, and he got a red card. But these, yeah, these guys go behind their phrases. But, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I I wasn't enamored by Stuart Atwell tonight and that's no surprise to anyone that listens to me because I don't have an awful lot of love or respect for referees but there's a reason why most of the times when you're looking at a game this guy is the VAR because I don't think he's up to the pace at all I don't think he can keep up with the game there you go that's my little uh, referee rant for today <laughs> let's talk about substitutions because we briefly touched on it there and it was yeah. it was going to be my brilliant segue into Douglas Louise, but we ruined it by going off on a, on a referee rant and, and that went, I told you we always do it we always go on a referee rant uh, we didn't really go on a rant no, no not really but uh, Douglas Louise did come off in the 78 minute Jacob Ramsey came on yeah. and then four minutes later Barkley went off and the man at the moment Keenan Davis came on you also mentioned as well that uh, that Wesley came on for Bertrand Traore in injury time yeah but we were obviously laying siege to their, to their penalty area at that stage. It was, it, we were, you know, there had to be substitutions made at the right time. Delighted to see Wesley come on. Delighted to see faith in Jacob Ramsey still. Jacob Ramsey yeah. zipped a few passes in there. Um, in, in there, you know, he was, he pretty like called a spade a shovel as well with Jacob Ramsey. Pretty anonymous when we put played out in the wing, but when you play him in around the center, he gets a bit more on the ball mm. and, uh, you know, he's a bit more tricky in there. So, Keenan Davis comes on. I can't. I can barely remember the build up to the goal. Um, I obviously know. I know he just got there and he got his big foot to it, his big size tens to it, and flicked it into the back yeah. of the net. In the build up to the goal, though, I do remember. Was it? No, sorry, it wasn't. Sorry, let's rewind back. Keenan Davis hits the post, slips yeah. and hits the post. In the build up to that, Tyrone Mings was fouled, and that should have been a penalty 100%. because. Going back to it, as Peter Walton said, in the context of the game, if you're giving penalties to Ashley Mayton and Lyons, if you're giving penalties to Ross Barkley, you're giving a penalty to Tyrone Mings there. I don't care for if me, it's big man, big man tackle. I don't care. For me, for me that was the worst foul of them all. Yeah, that was a I'll, definite I'll penalty, yeah. We're talking about. I, I thought it was a stonewall penalty, but mm. what what makes it not a stonewall penalty? Does that mean the BT don't talk about it? Does that mean that, you know, yeah. I, I, I just can't wrap my head around the way the way the broadcasting is going with these kind of things. Cause it just, I'm just flabbergasted because it was barely even spoken about Martin O'Neill or Martin, Martin O'Neill, Martin Keown. It was like, Oh yeah. Um, that was a tough challenge. No, it yeah. wasn't it was a penalty. It was a penalty. Yep. Yeah. And it was, 
And Keenan Davis slipped, and I felt so sorry for the kid because when he slipped, you know, he hits the post, and you think, Jesus, will, will you know, will he, he deserves score? he deserves yeah. something, you know, he deserves yeah. something because his honesty of effort is fantastic. And then, um, only a matter of minutes later, he does. He comes up with goods. Talk to me. I I can I can barely remember what the what the build up to that goal was. Should I say? Um, I could tell you who crossed it. I think it would be elbow. Yeah, uh, could have been Elmo crossing from the right hand side. Um, Bartley, who I've <laughs> called yeah. out earlier in the day, failed to deal with it. Ball bobbles up. Keenan Davis goes in, and as I said previously, I didn't celebrate until the ball was kicked off because <laughs> I, I was full sure he was going to be pulled for a high foot. Or full sure. Um, mm. they were all looking at me in in the sitting because obviously Stephen jumped up and he was celebrating Keenan Davis fourth, and I was like, "No, no, Wait I can't celebrate." This, this is, I'm just sitting, waiting, 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 waiting. But in fairness, both feet were high. He got there first, ball in the back of the net. There was no complaints. There was no there was no complaints no. from West Brom. In fairness, no. it, no. it was a goal. It, it was fine. But just in the back of my mind, in everything that's gone on previously, I just envisaged that that was what was going to happen. Mm. Yeah, and I could, you know, bear in mind this, this guy, this guy bloody deserves a goal. He did, yeah. his, his work rate is phenomenal. I know he's not a goal scorer as such, and he's not a like he's his first touch isn't the best. Yeah, yeah. look, but honestly, effort, you know, he's top of the class. Like mm. it really is. And, and you know, look, we've spoken about it there, and you see it all over Twitter and stuff like that. That people question, you know, are we on the beach? Keenan Davis isn't on the beach. Keenan Davis is playing for his future. Playing for his certain, Premier League future, really. You there know? were certain points today that I felt like we were on the beach. I thought we were a bit, little bit lethargic between the two. The, as as I keep going back between their two goals, I thought we were pretty poor. I thought we were very lethargic. We didn't, get, we couldn't get our foot in the ball, um, but. I thought, like, I would have made the substitutions earlier. Yeah, that's um, okay to say. I, th- I think I said on about 61, 62 minutes that, you know what, I'd rather lose 4-1 here and go for it. <laughs> would you really want to lose 4-1 against, uh, against Baggies? Won- But she may as well lose four one as lose two one. Doesn't matter if it's the baggies, uh, Everton, whatever, whatever it is, it doesn't matter as long as you go for it at that stage. It's not like goal difference is going to affect where we are at this stage. Um, Could, I just couldn't deal with the amount of DVDs that they would fucking sell after beating us four one. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you have, point, you have a point. It's the slag, and people have to go to work. Whatever. I understand that. But it's 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 the it's the team, and you know I said it in the preview. We're we're going to gauge ourselves on where we were after playing the baggies today. I think we redeemed ourselves a bit later on. I was I'm, I'm feeling a whole lot better about it. But when they went two one up, I I was bitterly disappointed. I was really really disappointed because we went one nil up. I, I I envisaged we were going to go on and score many goals. Yeah, I really, so did I, I. Really, I really did, and. I was just dumbfounded at our capitulation in that time and how much they wanted it and we didn't. And, and you know, that's a big Sam team. They, they're, they're, they're dogged. They want it. They work hard to, to get into it. Um, you know, all the usual fucking cliches when it comes to big Sam. But he never left his dugout. No. Sammy needed all the ranting raving. There was no ranting and raving. There was no out on the sideline. To me, it was like, these guys are going out for 90 minutes. They know this is a Midlands derby. They're going to get stuck in. I've left them in the dressing room with a flea in their ear, and they've got on with it, and he left them at it. There was no shouting. Sammy Lee, of course, was out fucking talking shite and getting in the referee's ear and all the usual. Uh, I can't really give out about Sammy Lee, Paddy, because I was exactly like Sammy Lee when I was in the field. and I was a bit... <laughs> I was a bit, I was a bit annoying. Like, and I think that's okay. I think I'm okay to say that, no matter where I played. Yeah, I'm not sure Sammy Lee was like that on the field, but I was like that. Like, I was, I was the worst in the world for talking to if I was marking. Just like literally the worst. Uh, like some of the t- sometimes I actually I feel guilty. 
about uh, about some of the some of the yeah, what's it called? Sledging. Yeah, Sledging. definitely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But uh, look, listen. I suppose in this game, do you know what? I genuinely actually, I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't think Bar Wesley, who actually came on, Wesley came on. He got his head to a couple of them. He got he got a header in on target. Um, yeah. any if anybody else had scored that goal to equalize it, I don't think the good. I don't think there would be as uh, as much of a feeling of goodwill out of the game. But mm. Keenan Davis was the man that needed the goal. And we needed a goal to just sort of would the, the West Brom didn't beat us. And yeah. I think that's probably what puts a very big positive spin in it for me as well. Now I'm I'm still not I'm, I'm still not as there with, with, with a lot of other people that say that we played awful or that we you know that we were terrible or that you know yeah. I, I don't agree with that. I think we played well. I think we played played a lot better than than West Brom did. Um a lot of statistics say it. I, I don't particularly like XG is fine. I don't it's not to be on end all, but we were absolutely like we had nearly next year four. Look, it's okay. It's there to be. It 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 gets broken. You watch any Liverpool game, they break XG on a regular basis. Um, but also a lot of our other statistics were very very high. I made a post about it there as well. Uh, just just took a screenshot. You know they were very high. I'm interested actually. I meant to before we came out. I meant to see what our statistics were at halftime. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was something pretty similar as well. I thought we played well. I'm delighted for Keenan Davis to get his goal. I'm delighted that we showed a small bit of comeback and fighting spirit. We've Everton next. We're going to start to see Jack Reedish soon. He's going to come back before the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him uh, over the next two, three games. Somewhere in there, Jack Reedish is going to come back. Look, for me, that game is what it is. We draw a line under it now and we kind of move on. I, I'm sounding a small bit like, like Paul Lambert. But we for somebody again. like... For, well, we go again, but somebody like Keenan Davis... This could be the complete another making of his career, you know. Because you know you're talking about pl- you're talking about statistics, right? I, I'm I'm not a big I'm I'm old school. I'm not a big stats person. You know that. Anyone that listens to the podcast knows that. And uh, I'd l- I'd like to quote my good friend Mick, who sent me a message during the week. Statistics are like a bikini. What they reveal is interesting, but what they cover up is vital. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, but that's that's um, only if they're covering up bad things. Whereas me, I don't think they, yeah, they but, don't they but they but they, they didn't in this game for Aston Villa. Well, with seventy percent possession and we drew two all with the team second last in the league. Yeah. What does that cover up? Yeah, it doesn't cover up anything. It means that we had seventy percent possession against the team second half and second last in the league, and we still had like copious amounts of shots. We we yeah, we, 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 we performed this we team. We didn't score enough goals. We didn't I know. score enough goals to beat them. Yeah, but that's but you, but that's a, but you can see that with your eyes. So like the statistics yeah. don't the statistics aren't covering that up. Mm. You know, you can see that you can oh, see that with your eyes. Like it's yeah. I suppose what I, the reason I'm saying with this is we had a decent performance. We had a good performance out there, but yes, we didn't score more goals than anybody mm. else. So those games happen. Ask Arsenal against us when we scored the first ninety seconds. Yeah. You know, they absolutely decimated us for the whole game. They just couldn't but score. For uh, me, the most the most important statistic is always on the screen. It's yeah. what what's the score and how long is left? Nothing, nothing else for me matters. How do we go? How do we go about changing it along the way? Who are we going to bring on? Who's going to change the game? But yeah, but you see that, and that's where statistics come in. That they they they're all what what takes into account a lot of those things we'd be taking into account when substitutions are made. So, mm-hmm. um, look, I know look, and, it's, and, it's it's a, and we have said that, that the the substitutions were late. I, yeah. I believe we're late. Yeah, I, I agree too. Late. Um, and the most important thing here is we we have one of our own again, big striker, big bustling yeah. fucking lad who was broken as duck tonight, and I'm delighted for him. I'm absolutely, you know what? It it just cured everything for me tonight. Yeah, there was, two, there was two things. Wesley is back after 480 days, and Keena Davis is broken as duck. And West Brom are more likely are not going down. (laughs) You know what? That's tinged with a little bit of sadness as well because it's always good to have a derby. It's always good to have somebody close by. Is you know we know Wolves is in the derby. Leicester's too far away. We're sitting there now ahead of Wolves, King of the Midlands, West Midlands anyway, and uh, you know what? It's fine. 
this season has has been a success, no matter how you look mm. at it. You know, it's been an improvement. After tonight, we probably won't get the fifty points. I think we might be a little bit short, but I still think it's I, it's it's good. It's it it's a much better place than we've been last season. And I did. I wasn't too upset, even if we'd have lost two one today. I wouldn't have been upset because the no. signs are there. We just this season, this following on season from this is the most vital season in many many years because we need to improve. We need to bring the players in. We need to make the changes that keeps Jack Grealish there for the rest of his career. That lets us bomb on and compete at at least the top six level for next season. If not. Sell Jack and let's try again. That's that's the long and the short of it. Because somebody, we're, we're not going to sell Jack this season. We know that. The dog on the street knows that. The fucking idiots on BT Sports and Sky Sports are trying to sell him every time they fucking play a game. But we know that our, our owners have the money. They will spend it. If we don't push on, then, do you know what, Jack? Thanks, lad. You got us back into this league. You've sustained what we're doing. You know what? We'll take the 200 million or whatever it fucking costs to sell you and we, we, we'll start building a new team because that's what will happen at the next, the end of next season if we don't push on. Dean Smith will be gone. There are a lot of people very happy. I won't be because I don't think that's what's going to happen. Eddie, I'm going to stop you. There's a whole podcast in that and I disagree with absolutely everything you said there. But anyway, we'll go on. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um... Yeah, no, but but look, I, I I'm I'm only joking. I'd never stop you with what you were saying, but I I know I know it. I I don't say that, but it's uh, I just did. Um, <laughs> no, there's uh like as 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 you were saying there, there's uh look, it was great to see Wesley come on. It was great to see Keenan Davis. Um, but you know, I, I, this game for me doesn't even sum up the season for us. You know, it it doesn't. But well. does. Oh, another good thing actually that happened in this game was my little charity bet at the start of the at the start of the um yeah, excellent the, the tantrum. I, but what happened was another good thing is last shot of the game, literally before the ref blew it up, John McGinn fizzes one in a worm burner <laughs> in along the ground, saved by Johnson. I was like, brilliant, fifty quid mm. for Henry the Brave for the Henry yeah. the Brave um uh, fund. Uh, if anybody doesn't know about it, uh, Henry is a very sick young young child and um. He is. They're trying to raise money for for um, treatment for him. So, um, before every game, I put on just a modest uh, little bet. Um, I was actually beginning to think that if I if I was to take the money I was putting on bets over the last three weeks and just gave them gave it to the fund, it would have been better. But I'm delighted that I didn't because uh, you know um, I now have something to to. to to contribute towards the fund as well. And if anybody mm. can spare anything, please, please do. You can find it at Henry. If you type in Henry the Brave on Twitter, you'll be able to find the information there as well. Um, and it has been said many times that, you know, what have we got, 42,000? Yeah, that's capacity. what it is. We only, we only need a pound per person. Yeah. I, I've donated. Um, we hadn't any season ticket to pay for this year, so myself and Stephen donated. Yeah. If, every, if everybody did it, they'd be in a much better place. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of our own. Get in there, get behind it. I think they're it. up to about seven thousand ish. I think of the forty two thousand needed. Um, but look, wouldn't as I be, say, great for for just people just to get behind it. Like it, it's it's a pound. If 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 we got a pound for everybody that was a season ticket holder and those generous ones added a little bit more, we'd be doing okay. So yeah. I really I really hope they get to their target. And you know, we we can we'll play soon. We can play our little parts. Here, but you know, if you if you if you know players, whatever, get them to share it. Do do whatever you can, share it yourself. You you don't know who's going to pick up on it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's as good a good uh, time as any to kind of end up this podcast. Two two draw against West Brom. Not what we all really wanted at the start of the day. Um, I'm going to interrupt you now. Yes. Oh, man of the match. Because the most important thing today was the man of the match, and for me. I can't see past the guy who I have a short on today. I'm bitterly disappointed that he put in a fantastic show today, pulled off some unbelievable saves. Emmy Martinez was head and shoulders absolutely. man in the match. Yeah. It was absolutely some of the saves he made today, you're just scratching your head. Especially the one that hit off Kanza and went yeah. towards him that he wow. tipped off. Wow. 
it just take a breath away. Take a breath away that this this is a guy that we have between our sticks to build our team around. We are blessed. Yeah. And you know what? He deserves to break that record. I was sure it was going to be today. And but a penalty and an own goal, he probably he might have done. But sure, what can we do? I bet you, you know what? Won't it be all the more sweet when he breaks it against Man United? Wouldn't it just? Wouldn't it be, isn't it? Yeah. In a nil yeah. all dour, dank, drab nil all draw like they had with Leeds today. Um, no, no, no. We're going to beat Man United. We're going to be, hopefully we do. Yeah. I think we're, it's about time we did. It's about time yeah. we do. But yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. Emmy Martinez, man of the match, Keenan Davis, close second for his goal. I think that's, that's a, you know, honorary mention for him there as well. But, um, yeah, so listen, as I say, guys, thanks. Oh, excuse me. Thanks so much to everybody for listening. Uh, thanks so much to everybody. <laughs> was I drinking? I wasn't. No, I was on I was on the car, I was on cups of tea. That's all I was uh, I was on, but um yeah, a bit of the hiccups there. Um I think that's because it's nearly quarter to midnight. But uh thanks everybody so much for listening and for watching and for everything you do for the podcast. It really blows my mind every time, you know, you just put up a tweet on on Twitter and then you've got like eight or nine people interacting. It just makes my day when people interact with stuff like that. Thank you so much. And thanks as always to Paddy for coming on. As I say, we're so thankful for, for, for everything everybody does for the podcast, but you can catch Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can catch me on at Love McGraw Pod. We'll be back again for, with probably back in during the week again, I suppose with, with a preview show of for Everton. And then we will be also going live on YouTube for our team sheet tantrum prior to the Everton game as well. So, um, everybody, I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope the sun shines in your part of the world. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.